Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, Park After Dark? I'm feeling a little underdressed tonight, man. You got a collar on. That's, that's yeah, dude. The, uh, yeah, what's dude. going on? Dressing up for my boy, Eddie, Eddie Radosevich. Yeah, um, I can see I'm, that. I admire this man. I think this man's a genius. Uh, I really do, man. I, I Listen, I, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of joking around. But at the same time, Eddie is one of the funniest dudes. Before before West Blankenship was Eddie Radosevich in terms of the online video uh um spoof uh satire um have a good time uh and horns down for peace is still in my heart as one of the funniest things i think i've ever witnessed and uh, excited to have him on man he's a good dude um what's going on with you man no i was thinking actually about eddie and uh you know even when you and i didn't work together we uh i know we swapped a few of those videos back yes, and forth like what what is this guy up to man 100%. like what is going on with this guy um so uh, no it's exciting to have him on man um you know i don't know man pretty typical here just uh, gearing up for this memorial day weekend a uh, little bit more calm than than the uh the fury that was last weekend god almighty um like i said you know last night on uh 
the Georgia show, you know, if I'm calling you at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, yeah, you're going down. <laughs> you know, uh, you know that um, that it's gotten a little out of hand whenever I'm reaching out to you asking for phone numbers to call recruits. Yes, yeah. Because uh, listen, I, that's one thing I don't really miss. I I enjoyed going to the camp. Uh, to the Under Armour camp, and I enjoy doing a lot of that stuff, but I do not miss cold calling recruits. Um, that's that's tough. Um, it's only gotten harder, too. Yeah, yeah, you know? I imagine. I imagine. Yeah. I, it hasn't in my experience, though. I will say that. I think the last kid that I cold called and talked to before yesterday, I'm sure there's somebody in between, but the last one I remember was Andrew Thomas. Oh my God. I reached out to him via Twitter and I was like, Hey dude, you mind if I talk, you know, give you a call to talk about your recent visit to Georgia. And I was still, still a team beat guy at the time, but I've always tried to pitch in where I could. And I think that was the last time I think, but I'm not I remember. Sure. I think I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Andrew Thomas committed while he was at the opening um, out in Oregon. And I was there that year and I like drug him behind a, uh, uh, a tent because I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this in the middle of this, but I need to talk to you right now. And I, I call, I call bullshit. Uh, you didn't drug him anywhere. Well, I mean, yeah, no, sure. But I was like, you, you need to come over here where nobody can see us. Okay. Yeah, you, uh, you ain't pulled that man anywhere. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, like I said, I'm sure there was somebody in there. I know I interviewed Aaron Butler. Um, but Aaron Butler called me. Like I sent him a text, and he was Aaron, like, "Aaron Butler don't play games." Bring you, yeah, dude. I was looking the other day. I went to send him a congrats for his commitment to Colorado, and I was like, "Man, I've never texted with this cat. I've never texted with him at all." Yeah, like, I, I text him. He calls me. Yeah, like, that's kind of how it works. I mean, Aaron Butler's my dad, and that kind of that worked out uh, pretty conveniently with Colton Heinrich today, right? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I told you, I, <laughs> I, um. I oh, yeah. Were, yeah. I, I had texted the kid. I went to go, I went to go like send him a DM to talk to him. And I was like, wait a second. He's giving me his phone number, typed his phone number in. I was like, wait a second. We've had texts before. So yeah, we, uh, I, we, we had some quotes from him and uh big get. And I, I will say too, go read the story that uh, I did with his mom. I thought that she gave some really glowing stuff about Georgia and um, at that from the family appeal of it. And um, also too. um, uh, I've got another piece coming on him. Spoke to a guy who knows him pretty well, but on the other side of the ball, a defensive mind talking about uh, Colton Heinrich. I think that that'll be a real interesting piece for people. Speaking of, uh, we've got we've got Eddie Radosovich here. Uh, he's here. What's up, dude? Gentlemen, what's going on? How are we? We're doing good, man. I'm glad you come here with some energy. We need it. Well, you never know. I mean, it's all fake. So we'll we'll just continue. <laughs> we'll just continue. Eddie Radosovich, king of fake juice, baby. That's right. That's right. I wish I was on the real juice right now. <laughs> we, need to, we need to gear up. We need to get some human growth hormone, get some gear, get ripped. Absolutely. This is the time you, uh, of year to do it. You look good, man, Off by season. the way. You look amazing. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It is, uh, it's been a little bit of a journey. When, I, when you can't like walk up this like hill to get into the Lloyd Noble Center and uh, you like get to the top and you start like huffing and puffing, not just because you smoke some cigarettes every once in a while, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the uh, the wake up call that I need. So it's uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. What uh, what's it been like for you at on three thus far, man? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Uh, you know, I it, it took a little bit to uh, to learn like the back end stuff just because it was so much different from what uh, we were coming from. But yeah. it's been awesome. Uh, I I 
I think it's going to be absolutely exceptional. And uh, I, I think, you know, I, we all were really excited to make the move and all that kind of stuff. It sucked not being able to talk about it for too long, but uh, now that it's finally here, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun and I, I can't wait to get going for the start of football season and everything that comes with that. So uh, it's been cool. Yeah. If you guys, so if you guys don't know, Eddie uh, works over at Sooner Scoop, uh, the premier leader uh, when it comes to Oklahoma in the market. There's not anybody I don't even think close, in my opinion. But, um, but uh, Eddie, uh, you you've turned into a, a Twitter personality as well as as well. I mean, like as well as like you you do real football reporting and things yeah. of that nature, but also too like it's just gained a life of its own, man. Um, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's been crazy. Like I I do think that like you know as as much bad that comes with social media and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't have a radio show uh, in the mornings in Oklahoma City without like a Twitter presence, and it's been. Yeah obviously a, a kind of a good deal for me, but there are some times where you, you log on and stuff. It's like, God, I hate this place. I hate everything about it. <laughs> Can you, uh, how long have you been doing that radio show? Uh, gosh, three, three and a half years, I guess I, I was doing it. Like I was seven months in right before COVID. And then, uh, like I just brought it in to be the fourth guy. And, uh, I'd done some fill in work and that kind of stuff with uh, the yeah. franchise before. And I eventually got a, the fourth role and then uh, COVID hit. And, you know, some decisions had to be made up there. And I ended up being like the survivor. I went from like being the fourth guy that could show up at 615 uh, in the morning, you know, a full like segment and a half in uh, to like basically have my own radio show. And uh, along with another guy named Todd Lizzie, my co-host in the mornings and uh, four hours with two people is it's insane. It gets insane. There's there's a lot of stuff that we uh, probably aren't proud that we talk about. Uh, Matthew, see, I can confirm that Eddie was covering OU uh, for the Rose Bowl because that's the last time I saw him. Absolutely, absolutely. That was one of the that was like such on brand, like Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma football, (laughs) and just like everything that was going on with like the behind the scenes with Baker and him showing up to media day because he had pneumonia or whatever it was. Yeah, Uh, it was it was insane. That was a fun time though. Los Angeles was an awesome time. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how many blood transfusions did he have that week? Did he almost die? Because <laughs> got, got, the rumors got out of hand. Yeah. It really did. And then he showed up like midway through the media day, which, you know, I, I, I think he was sick. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't think he was on his deathbed by any means. And uh, that was the I mean, and, and just to throw on top of everything, how good the game was. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. you know, going to overtime and, you know, obviously it didn't go Oklahoma's way. But uh, that was that was about like. That's on the short list, I would say, of best Oklahoma games that I've covered for sure. That was, uh, and then everything like leading up into it and just the high that everybody was on because of Oklahoma and how good they were at that time. And offensively, it was kind of like in the heyday where, you know, I, I, it, people are still digging themselves out of 2017, 2018, and 2019, where it's like, if you don't average 750 yards a game, it's been a failure and yeah. score 50 points a game. So, God, that was awesome. The I would I would definitely go back as much hell as I give uh, the fine folks of uh, the Pac-12. They're lucky. Would be awesome. Oh, I mean, they need to. At, at some point, we just need to kidnap the San Gabriel Mountains and relocate <laughs> the Rose Bowl. Like relocate the whole thing. One of the, still, one I, of the greatest experiences of my professional life was that dusk of, uh, oh. of the San Gabriel Mountains was amazing. But I will say this: going back to that media day when when Baker showed up. I was kind of like, you know how you get in the media those middle of those sessions when you're 
talking to the other team and you're like, I'm done with this. I'm sick of being <laughs> That's like here. five minutes in for me usually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was, it is for me as well. Um, I turned and looked and Baker walks in and he's like, and, and listen, Baker Mayfield made a fan of me this day. Cause he's over there like blowing his nose and rubbing his nuts at the same yeah. time, like all in one motion. He's like, <sighs> and like holding his, holding his junk at the same time. And I'm just like, this guy is he is so cocky that he's that he's great. And he put on a show that night for the longest time until I saw Joe Burrow in person uh, at the in the SEC championship game. That was the best football player I'd ever seen in person. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And, you know, I, I think that there's a reason why so many Oklahoma fans endeared them to to uh, to Baker. I mean, he just had a, uh, a charity event back here in Oklahoma City uh, the night before the spring game. And um, I was lucky enough to like MC it and do some stuff over there for him at Top Golf, and uh, he's—I mean, he's just—he's all—he could come back and probably run for governor, uh, you know, eventually someday because the people, the the story, and showing up at Oklahoma. I think just like if you are a current player and you have a picture of an uh, yourself in an Oklahoma uniform at like the age of eight or nine, you endear yourself like you—you you already have like a step ahead, and I'm sure that's the same way in Georgia. Uh, for for everybody out there, so it's uh, yeah. it was a hell Stetson, of a ride. Stetson Bennett got a lot of legwork. Oh, in the, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And believe it or I, not, and I stand with you, Stetson. If you want to go out and have party, and, uh, you know, fun up in uptown in Dallas, go get a PI or whatever it was. Yeah, I stand what's up with, with you. what's up with Dallas folks being so uptight like that? Well, um, I think that's just Dallas in general. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's it's crazy to think that that's really the first time we ever heard about Stetson Bennett was I you know maybe maybe at that same that same day yeah. probably because it was Oklahoma offense Georgia defense and it was that day that like one of the players had brought up Stetson we asked Mel Tucker and then the legend legend of Stetson Bennett was born because Mel Tucker like like just his face goes blank and he goes Stetson Bennett's a beast man <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard that story. I did not realize yeah, it was that day that that was the That's first crazy. time I think we, I mean, I think maybe some people knew about him as a recruit and sure. Um, you know, obviously the mailman persona had already been built, but that was the first time that the, that's when the legend, that's the origin story of that legend. That is amazing. I did not realize yeah. he really had been there forever. Hadn't he? I mean, I oh, guess it was only God. a couple, you know, 2017, six years yeah. ago, but goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, so Eddie, Obviously, uh, you know, uh, like you said, or like we said, you're doing a lot of big things now. Uh, Sooner Scoop, you got the radio show. But, yeah. I mean, how, how does this all fall into place, man? This is kind of where we start every, all, uh, most of these interviews is like, how do you find yourself in this space? Where where, sure. does, where does the Eddie Radosevich story begin? Uh, you know, it, it honestly began in college. And I, I probably started like a lot of people in this business. They got into, uh, you know, rivals and all that kind of stuff. Kind of grew up in high school following it occasionally. And then obviously in college, I knew that, you know, sports broadcasting and journalism was going to be the area that I really wanted to get into. And I think I, I, I literally think that I emailed or uh, called Jeremy Crabtree three or four times a day for about a month straight. Like I will do anything. Let me know if you need any help doing anything. And it finally, like he would send me the, um, he'd send me like a list of like 10 to 15 numbers. Well, I started doing like moderating the rivals main board, which was oh, boy. an insane event. I did not know like what I was getting myself into. Uh, and then you it, learned you know, some shit that, yeah. Learned, oh, yeah. I can't believe you're still in the business after that being your first. Well, experience. I mean, I, I was doing it like periodically, like in between, you know, like 
going to class and doing whatever every other college kid does. Uh, but eventually I started like doing the, uh, recruiting updates and like calling all these kids late at night for me late at night in Oklahoma. And they were all on the West coast and, uh, just doing like, you know, 350, 400 word updates. Uh, you know, when like the, the daily, daily update was still like a relatively new thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't being blasted on Twitter and everything like that. So, uh, eventually, you know, because of, uh, Krabby eventually, learned uh, or you know uh became friends and uh i guess somewhat colleagues with carrie murdoch and josh mcquishan now uh who i work with at sooner scoop and uh they brought me into sooner scoop when i was graduating from ou and uh god the rest is history i mean it's almost been uh 13 years now that we've been going at it no it's, it's kind of crazy and then and then, then obviously every once in a while i make some smart ass remarks on twitter that <laughs> Would either, you know, get a talking to from Carrie and Josh. And that was that is one thing. And I say that it jokingly, like they have never there's been a couple times where it's like, hey, maybe don't say that. But uh, <laughs> you know, they've they've really let me be kind of me and are you, um, are you, do that. Are you an stuff. Oklahoma guy by birth? Yeah. Born and raised in Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, went to Put Up City North High School, which is about 35, 40 minutes northwest of uh downtown Oklahoma City. Uh and then uh or about 35 minutes and, uh, or 30 minutes, maybe give or take, uh, and grew up in Oklahoma city. Parents were season ticket holders down at OU games, all that kind of stuff. Grew up going to all the games. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that, you know, kind of what I'm doing nowadays is, uh, you know, basically what a nine, 10 year old Eddie Radosevich was doing in his room, like playing, like I was on sports talk radio or listening to sports talk radio, playing like King Griffey Jr. on Super Nintendo. So uh, <laughs> I was always kind of the weirdo kid in in uh, in school that, you know, like when all the parents and we would go over to friends' houses, everybody's outside playing. And I was like talking to my buddy's dad about who he had on a parlay card that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's probably why I became like really, really fat before I left. Yeah. No, that, 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 that probably did help. And that's probably also why uh, my bank account isn't probably where it needs to be because the bankers aren't covering. Dude, but, but the thing is, man, I, I mean, I did play high school football and I did, you know, but I was that same guy. Like I yeah. really was like, I was that I, I'd, I'd rather, you know, we, we used to, um, we used to get together like his friends or whatever, watch movies on Friday nights. Just wasn't a whole lot to do in South Georgia, not, like nothing really. And then, you know, like we'd get together. I'd always seek out like, you know, the man of the house or the sports fan of the house. And be like, hey, what you watching? What you got going on? Yeah. Um, you know, so I just uh, – I, 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 I completely about. identify with that. And that's, you know and, – and and Roos and I, you know, we – both of us started in education. We were like teaching high school. Sure. And then we were like, we got to do something different. Sure. And, yeah. uh, but you know, yeah. there, I think that that like, and it's really cool too, that just whether it be Oklahoma or Texas or Georgia, I think that there is like this ideology and you know, they're, they're somewhat similar. And I think that that's why Oklahoma and Texas are so excited to go to the sec and stuff is because like on Friday nights, I grew up from the moment I was probably in second, third grade, we were going to high school football games every Friday night. That's just what you did because all my cousins played and, you know, by the time I got to Putton North, I'd been going to games for, you know, 10 years, basically, of, uh, you know, watching all these guys grow up in front of me. So it's uh, it just kind of was a way of life and it made a lot of sense. And I knew I was going to be awful in an office setting. I'd be the worst teammate in an office setting <laughs> you could possibly be. 
What uh, what are your feelings on uh, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? Are, are you ready to see some? Uh, are you ready to see the SEC fan, uh, the previous SEC fan, maybe swallow some of his words a little bit? <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm excited about like getting to new places. Obviously, uh, I think that you know it's going to be challenging. It, I, it, the the ideologies for the fan bases, though, I think do match up with the uh, the rabidness that comes with. Uh, you know, Georgia or Alabama or LSU would, well, maybe not like some of those just because they are so insane. But, uh, you know, I think just being next door to Arkansas, there's been a lot of uh, taste of it here and there. Uh, you know, OU plays Tulsa up in, uh, or OU plays Arkansas up in Tulsa at the uh, BOK Center in basketball all the time. I, I'm just excited to kind of get amongst like-minded fan bases and not to say that, you know, we've seen some things in Lubbock and, you know, Lawrence at the fog and, and Oklahoma state and Stillwater and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that everybody around here is ready to uh, kind of match up and, and, and see where everything lies. I, you know, I, obviously they're going to have to be better than the, what they were a year ago on the football field. And uh, you know, I, I think that there's a hope that the way that they're recruiting and the way that uh, Brent Venables is kind of uh, trying to restructure the program or realign the program that they're headed in the right direction. So uh you know, I, I'm excited to see kind of how the uh, the whole integration process goes with uh, with Oklahoma, Texas, just because it is something new. It is a little bit different. And I think with everything that's going to be happening in college football in 2024 and, uh, you know, obviously in 2025 with the expansion of the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's just like a good time to be a part of something new, I think, at the end of the day. And, you know, I, even the on three stuff, it like it's just almost kind of reinvigorating and exciting to be back to uh, something new and like something challenging uh, just as far as kind of what this whole thing is right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be, it's going to definitely be different. I think that like going through everything for the last time this, this year, upcoming year with big 12 media days and knowing that like there is a finality there, that it's all going to be kind of changing and turning. Um, you know, I, I think that Oklahoma fans are very, very excited. Obviously, uh, you know, I think that there's some that are, you know, kind of scared a little bit as far as uh, what it's going to be on the other side. Uh, you know, part of the fan base that that has really enjoyed dominating a conference for uh, an extended period of time. But I do think that, you know, if nothing else, it's good for the university. It's good for me personally, just from a business standpoint. And I think that, uh, you know, only the, the best can come from it as uh, as they make that move over. You know, what is what is your feel, I guess, about um Brent Venables in this whole situation. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, moving into this conference and and him being at the helm, I, to me, on the outside looking in, I, I feel that there's a lot of maybe cautious optimism. Uh, like people believe kind of in where it's headed, but they're they're it's kind of a wait and see. Is that is that yeah. is that a fair yeah thing? yeah I, I I think that that's more than fair. I think that like it just depends on how you want to look at it. And every day we get this kind of uh, this is basically like uh, sooner football talk one hundred and one for the next coming you know yeah. however many months three months before the season starts is that I think the first thing that everybody says is nobody wants to see Brent fail. There's there's right. absolutely nobody around this program that wants to see Brent fail just for the fact that he is so beloved. He came in and kind of reinvigorated a program that had obviously been kicked in the nuts after the Lincoln Riley stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think just going back to the night that uh, they flew him back into Norman, uh, being at the airport and seeing that crowd grow from like literally three or four reporters uh, during the afternoon to thousands upon thousands by the time that they arrived. 
uh, and people climbing on. Uh, it was like, you know, like the old like uh, pictures of like when the Beatles arrived yeah. and people are like hanging from the building and hanging from ceilings and stuff like that or uh, from the roof at the airport. Uh, you know, it was a special moment for the university, obviously, and, and kind of uh, getting back to. I think getting over the Lincoln stuff and obviously people are never going to be just truly over that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, he kind of was there to save the program and then it went into a season that I think a lot of people thought just because Brent was on the sidelines, everything was going to be okay. And you know, they weren't as good as uh, you know, I think that obviously uh, they'd been advertised to be offensively and obviously they were terrible defensively still in the triple digits. And I think that there was a lot of people, myself included that thought that just with his mere presence on the sideline, that everything defensively was going to be, uh, you know, basically taken care of. They were all of a sudden going to have four or five all Big 12 guys, and that just wasn't the case. And then they go out and lose uh, in the manner that they did, uh, you know, obviously getting their ass kicked by TCU in Texas uh, and how embarrassing walking out of the Cotton Bowl that was for a lot of people associated with the program and a 40 to nothing loss. And then uh, losing four of the next five or four of the last five, literally on the final possession of the game of being so close in all of those games, uh, they just weren't able to get away with a lot of stuff that they had gotten away with in 17, 18, and 19 that, you know, ultimately got up to college football playoffs. And they were covered up by, you know, historically great offenses and historically great players and, uh, you know, Baker or Kyler or uh, Jalen Hurts or whoever. So, uh, you know, I think that there is like a cautious optimism. And I think that there also is a reality of, you know, what if this doesn't work? And what if they don't take that next step? Uh, this next season and then you're saying oh shit and you're looking at what's to come on the SEC side of things so uh, this is a big year uh, you know obviously and what they were able to do and what they were able to kind of keep together in the recruiting class uh, last year I think that there's a lot of people if you would have asked them coming out of the Cotton Bowl uh, you know is Colton Bossick going to be the only guy that this this class relatively loses uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that, that would have said, no way, they're going to lose more than that. But they've been able to keep it together. And I think it's because of the track record of, you know, obviously what Brent was able to do at Clemson, uh, you know, what he's been able to prove on the defensive side of the ball in his entire career, along with the guys that came in with him on the defensive side of the ball. But, uh, you know, I, I, there is a core belief that they're going to be able to take steps. And I think that, you know, obviously digging yourself out of a six and seven hole, uh, you know, this narrative is a lot different going into this summer if they were just able to figure out a way to win two more games last year and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're maybe you're eight and four or something like that. So, uh, you know, it obviously wasn't any, what anybody wanted around here. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the, the fan base has been uh, rather vocal about that, but uh, it, it, it definitely, you know, I think for a lot of people hope that they went through some ills a season ago that could get things moving in the right direction. There were some hard lessons to be learned and maybe they're going to get on the other side of that this year. So that's kind of the, uh, the long winded version of uh, the Oklahoma spiel that takes place every morning from six to 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the franchise folks, everybody. Uh, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, Between I that don't... and nine 11 conspiracies. <laughs> I, would love, I would love if somebody could go through your show and grab a cut up of some of the things that you've probably had to say over and over and over again over the years. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, have you ever seen a finer white above the oven microwave than the one behind Jake Roos right now? That's pretty nice. I love that. Come thing. On now. It's that always thing, back there. I'm, I'm, not, that, I'm not financing that either. I would imagine that that <laughs> thing came has with the taken uh, <laughs> a lot of work in between 2.30 a.m. What time does the bars close out there? Like 2.30 and 4? Uh, uh, this Roos, is Roos, 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 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. is when I love the bars that. close. 
<laughs> yeah, that. Uh, let me tell you something, buddy. That that thing right there has seen a lot of frozen tiki masala. There's no problem. Um, <laughs> like big time. Um, I know. I know Roos well enough to know that. I'm surprised that microwave doesn't have its own Twitter account now. My girl, um, my girlfriend, the other day, you know, we were talking about like how every home has a smell, and she was like, "Your house smells like curry." Oh, that's what that's what your house smells like. That's the only thing I don't like about New York City, like Manhattan, is the smell yeah. of curry. <laughs> Just, I can't handle it. Over encompassing. Um, um, Eddie, I wanted to ask you uh, because I'm just curious. This is a personal question, really, of, about uh, this move for Oklahoma. Is there? I mean, I assume the animosity from the Big Twelve or what's the remnants of the people who will be the left behind, like the rapture has occurred. Yeah. Uh, like, what is the animosity like from these other schools toward Oklahoma and Texas? I would say grand, uh, great. <laughs> uh, it was it was not the most fun thing to be on the sidelines for Oklahoma football games this year because of the games that they did, they did lose. Uh, you know. I, I've heard the SEC chant probably more than you guys have, and you've been covering the SEC. Uh, it seemed like it would start, you know, midway through the third quarter, and especially some of the blowouts. And it's like it just it lasted the entire time. Uh, I think that you know, obviously, there's some bridges that were burned with Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, I, we're coming off of uh, you know, basically this this next year will be the final time that they play in sports for probably a extended period, and. You know, just being in Oklahoma and being somebody that uh, some of my best friends went to Oklahoma State, love going up to Stillwater and having a good time uh, out on the strip. It's kind of sad. Like, I, there is like a sadness part of that. Uh, and, you know, I think that there probably also is an understanding, too, that uh, if the roles were reversed and all of this happened and OSU was going to the SEC, I think there'd be a lot of Oklahoma fans that are saying the same thing that Oklahoma State fans would be are saying right now. So, uh, you know, I, I think Kansas State has kind of, uh, uh, led the charge, if you will. Uh, and obviously it's it's a little bit easier to talk when uh, you've had a really good year like they had in basketball and then obviously in football. Uh, I think that there were a lot of, uh, you know, bridges that were burned as far as, uh, you know, the Tech fans and Baylor. Uh, I think that, you know, they, nobody, it almost feels like Oklahoma and Texas have now been out of things for so long and all the decision-making that, uh, you know, if you ask the Oklahoma and Texas fan base if they're getting screwed in, you know, insert sport by the officiating, of course they are. Of course the Big 12 is out to get them. So uh, it's been weird. I, I And I think that that was the one thing that a lot of people kept going back to when you're talking about when is OU and Texas going to make the move. There was no way that they were going to do this for two more years and kind of have a lame duck conference. And obviously with the new teams coming in this year, it's going to be even weirder. Uh, you know, going to uh, Provo and going to Cincinnati for Oklahoma. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it's different. And I think that, you know, as somebody that grew up in Big 12 country, it is a little sad. Like, I, I this is the conference that I grew up in. Uh, this is the conference that, uh, you know, kind of gave me my roots as far as, uh, you know, downplaying SEC football. So I got to play both sides now. I cover the Big 12 for one more year, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the SEC as well. I'm part of, I'm with you guys. Sure, surely though that surely Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will get this thing patched up, right? And like, and you got to bring that rivalry back. It's like Georgia yeah. and Georgia Tech. It's different. It's different conferences, but I mean, I and the the hate is is probably stronger given what's just happened. But they there's there's a lot of money for everybody to be made on that. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's just gonna have to die. I, like it's everything. Everybody's cooler heads are gonna have to prevail at some point. I I do think. Like football probably won't happen for a while. 
I think that there's an argument to be made that OU softball and OSU softball continue to play. Uh, I think the baseball programs will try to continue to play at some in some kind of facet uh, here over the next couple of years. It's uh, it's just going to take some uh, getting used to them. That I don't know. I don't know what their, the plan is on basketball right now. I know that they would be open to playing. Uh, you know, anytime that you ask the coaches, it, it's kind of like uh, you either get the the uh, the stock answer of uh, that's above my pay grade or, uh, you yeah. know, it's the we're, I'm, I'm good for whatever's best for the university. Yeah, so you're the, you're the highest paid employee in the state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, which they just defer to Joe C. So yeah. I it, it is going to be weird, though, because I think that, you know, for so long, that game has been. Uh, specifically the Bedlam football game has been played right around Thanksgiving and you kind of get a week of everybody coming back for Thanksgiving. And then, you know, it's, it's basically everybody's in Norman or everybody's in Stillwater the following day. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's going to be weird, but I'm the same. I'm, I agree with you guys. Hopefully cooler heads prevail at some point. And uh, you know, I just, I hope that it's not a decade from now. I hope it's sooner than later. And of course there's going to be some scheduling conflicts and all that kind of stuff they're going to have to work through. But uh, it should be. I I don't see the reason. I think that it's 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 for me. It's almost kind of like the PGA Tour live stuff. Like at some point, I'm just kind of over it. Like I yeah. I, I I just want to see what's best. I want to see the best players and the best tournaments, and uh, I want to see OU and OSU play in athletics. Like that that at the end of the day, that's what's most important. And then you also kind of have to just settle into what's real. You know, like what's actually yeah. going to happen, and and that's kind of got to be your focus. I mean, it seemed like Texas A&M just got up and ran from Texas. Like, that that's just – and I'm not saying that in terms of, like, okay, they're scared. I just think it was like – I mean, they were pissed when Texas joined the SEC. They didn't want to be yeah. followed. So, it's like they just got up and left. I, I feel like that, that – you think there's a different dynamic there with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Maybe a little bit. And I think that it almost – and just reading the kind of the tea leaves on this, it just feels like Oklahoma State – uh, felt abandoned, if you will. I not to say that the two schools are tied at the hip, but I think that especially on the you know the legislative side, which you know don't get me started on you know with the politics and stuff that go into play here. I think everybody thought that they were always going to be together. Yeah, that OU right. wasn't going to leave them, and I think that you know the general sentiment out of Stillwater when everything went down was, how could you go do this and not say anything? Like just yeah. you almost led us into uh, astray, and I think that. You know, at the time when everything went down with the uh, OU in Texas and how it all kind of broke with the story coming from the Houston Chronicle and being leaked and all that kind of stuff, uh, I think that there were some real hurt feelings that, uh, you know, everybody wasn't necessarily up front with everybody. And also on top of the fact that, uh, you know, that was at a time when the Big 12 was still in a lot of flux. And I think that there was some uh, some general, uh, I think, worry just from the Oklahoma State side of things of kind of where this was going to be and what this meant for the uh, direction of the athletic department. So as it turns out, I think everything's going to be okay. I mean, they went out and kind of resurfaced the resurfaced themselves. It looks like, you know, whether it be the Pac-12 or the ACC, maybe those are going to be the conferences that could be on the outs now, but uh, Brett Yormark has done an exceptional job kind of keeping everybody's head above water and uh, really kind of solidifying a, a conference that, you know, should still be and continue to be a player here on, here on out as, as, the, as they continue. What um, when you look back at your legacy in this business and what 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 you've meant to this business, where does uh, where does horns down for peace? Right? <laughs> uh, man, I that was a pretty good bit. I I think I that, love like, this video, dude, so much. Like yeah. I, 
it was almost appointment viewing for me. And I think yeah. I may have DM'd you at one point and been like, dude, I love them. I love yeah. them so much. <laughs> it, it turned into uh, quite a big deal. And I think that, like, everybody kind of played along with it. Uh, luckily, like, this website, somebody that followed me just happened to do, like, internet. You kind of uh, look like, like Jeremy Renner up there in the top left. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm going to – I need to add that into my bio. <laughs> Uh, not and, not not a snowmobile accident, Jeremy. Kind of look, kind of look like Jeremy <laughs> Renner in the Twitter bio. Yeah. Hey, listen, if I get on a, a snowmobile, we'd probably end up same way. <laughs> uh, it it kind of took on a life of its own, and I think that like the Texas people kind of played into it too, uh, and we're everybody was like kind of cool with it, and then it just kind of turned into a thing where it was like every year that we had to do something for it. That's been uh you look like a guy you look like a guy who tied somebody to the train tracks in this yeah. photo though here. I mean yeah. <laughs> I, thankfully, thankfully that was at a time period of my life where I had way too much of uh time on my hands in the <laughs> afternoon hours. And uh yeah, you're and you're constantly I had a camera a second cousin back into the business right there. The what? You're, you're contemplating in that photo how to get your second cousin back into the business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got out, I, you need him back in. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it was during my movie making uh, phase, of, <laughs> uh, having a camera near me, and uh, unfortunately, there's some stuff that I put onto the internet that uh, I don't know. I'd probably still do today, but it that was one of uh, that was one of the special ones. <laughs> This is uh, this is actually from college. I did a ESPNU campus <laughs> connection uh, video, and uh, I think it was OU Texas again. I went around and uh, was interviewing people. I still have that uniform. I actually went and took VP uh, in it uh, with the OU baseball team three or four years ago. Maybe I don't think it fits anymore. Unfortunately, actually nowadays it might fit me. I might I might be back into uh, playing schedule on that. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, listen, I, I told Ro. Uh, they had Copenhagen we, all over it. I told Ro. I told Ro. When we were, when we, when we were going to have you on. To me, there's a, and I think that this, this photo is like a perfect illustration. Of it. <laughs> there is, there is, there's like a Zach Galifianakis quality to a lot of what you do in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I I think that uh, the dry humor is definitely uh, where we've made the most money here over the last couple <laughs> years. And believe me, it's not real money; it's fake money. Uh, but yeah, like I I kind of like I really enjoy. I found a way to like get real great enjoyment out of people on Twitter and Facebook and any social media that just don't necessarily get it. Yes, and those are the people yes. that I love going after the most. Yeah, and not really even going after them. It's just kind of. Uh, pointing out that there is like this segment of uh, America that just doesn't really grasp everything. Do you, do you, how do you feel about three year letterman? Yeah, that's what I love was it. about to say. Yeah. You're really, you're really good at it, but you'll always love be it. second place. Yeah. Love it. They, uh, he is the King. He's the leader. You know, uh, when we were in Los Angeles for the Rose bowl, uh, Jason Kersey, who was writing for the athletic at the time, uh, covering OU, he wrote a story about three year letterman. Yeah. And we went and met the guy that, 
plays the role. He was out in Los Angeles at the time they were filming something. And uh, we went out to the Rose Bowl one night and uh, met up with him and uh, did a video, I believe, or like a, a Facebook live or something uh, with the, with the guy that plays the role. And it was, uh, it was really cool. He's, that whole thing is uh, certainly an inspiration. It's I would did he uh, drive his fully loaded shit. Ford Taurus out there? Uh, <laughs> I I cannot confirm or deny uh, that he that he drove up in the uh, the Ford Taurus, but the guy that uh, does it is truly incredible. Like I, it, I was I was on the ground floor. That, that that started that started over at UGA Sports on the message board. Really? Uh, yeah, NASCAR Dog was his name at the time. That's unbelievable. And um, he he got that thing rolling, and it like it was like over. It felt like it was like a month period. Like he was doing it, and it made it to Twitter, and then all of a sudden it hit Twitter, and it just caught fire, dude. And it was, it was so cool to see, dude. When you can when you can troll like Piers Morgan, yeah. like, <laughs> get somebody like Piers Morgan like yes. like shouting back at you on Twitter. Yes. It's so funny. The across the pond stuff is the best. Like when he, when he is able to get like people from England to like, just clap back at him and you know, that they think they're getting an on and he's just like, he's he's tagging long John silvers in the post. Starts starts talking about the revolutionary war and everything. Yeah. (laughs) The oldest and greatest country. Yes. That God, it's just, it's so perfect. And I think that like the best part about it is, is, there's so many untapped people that he hasn't gotten to yet that it's just, you wait. And then it, you see something that he puts out there. It's like, here we go again. And you just, that's what I, that's the part of social media that I love. Yeah. yeah I feel like, I feel like he could, I, I feel like somebody like Ted Cruz or something would be really <laughs> low hanging fruit. Like I really think he could probably rope Ted Cruz in pretty easy <laughs> if he really wanted to. Absolutely. Um, he does not though. I don't believe which would be hilarious if he did, but um, man, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to uh, normally I let Roos go first on his and his yeah. questions. We try to close everybody out with a question. And um, you know, this is a plausible scenario because I feel like you are of mine and Roos's ilk. Okay. Um, the claw. Let's, let's say that, uh, you know, when you die, right, your, your, your body, you lift above your body and you get to watch it. They find you face down in a ravine. You're, you're gone. You left us. Um, but you get to plan your own funeral. Who's playing? It can be comedy. It can be music. It can be anything. Who is, who's, who's speaking, performing, uh, singing, whatever. Who you got? Oh, boy. That's good. Uh, okay. I'm really not like just terribly into music. I'm not a huge music. I'm the guy. same way. I, I I like what I like, but it's not. I'm not obsessed with it. Yeah, like I, I mean, I I don't want to like cop out and say like Zach Bryan because he's the most popular uh, Oklahoman uh, out on the music scene right now. But I think that if like if I could get a big name like that, there's probably more people. Like I want a day long procession through <laughs> Oklahoma city. You're, you're, you're uh, just I've, trying to get the audience for this. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all about the clout. That's, that's, that's basically all my life has been about anyways until now. So like, I want the stadium maybe sold out down in, uh, down in Norman, uh, maybe have a processional. Uh, they could use the thunder parade route that I have fashioned and planned for when the thunder finally do win a championship someday <laughs> since 2016 to install it instill it um just straight down reno uh but no who would i gosh who would i have talk it's a good question 
for cloud purposes, I would assume in Oklahoma, Bob Stoops would be a pretty good poll. But yeah, I don't think that the governor would be coming to my uh, my uh, funeral just yeah, because you, of the you things that we tweeted him to here do like, uh, What was that thing he did last year for Kirk Ferentz's son? <laughs> what are those things? Oh, the, the cameo! Yeah, the cameo. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could record a cameo and do it We're for you, I am on cameo. Yeah. Eddie Ratto, cameo. <laughs> Give me twenty dollars, please. That was that uh, was an incredible moment. That was unbelievable. And just the fact that nobody ever caught on. And I, Hawk, like, Hawkeye Nation loves you, buddy. Caught on. So good. Your so dad good. wants you to know he loves you, son. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, I can't imagine covering Iowa football right now just with the weirdness that that is. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I do think that, like, one of the things that would have to be done is, I, and maybe this comes down to, like, Kerry Murdoch or Josh McQuishan, they would have to read the thread about my death from the message boards, which I'm sure would be lovely, lovely messages. <laughs> uh, especially the people that I, uh, you know, really get along with over there. Uh, so, yeah, like maybe just have that on like the Jumbotron scrolling <laughs> through yeah. like, the credits of a uh, an ending of a movie uh, with uh, maybe Zach Bryan could be playing in the background too, <laughs> just to get some, uh, just to get more people there. Nice. Um, all right. So my question, uh, because of what we do, uh, because of the people that we have on the show is always the same for everybody. And that is, tell me about the worst hotel room you've ever stayed in. Okay. Well, there's, there's two. Everyone remembers. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's two. One, uh, the first number one, probably the worst place I've ever stayed. We were in college. It was my freshman year. Uh, it was basically like, have an open weekend oh you played at tech uh out in lubbock and this is back in 2006 2007 probably uh we ended up going out there we had some buddies that uh had some had some buddies from dallas that had some buddies uh that were at tech at the time uh ended up getting a stadium motel room it was called the stadium motel it was right across the street from the uh texas tech stadium and this was before they had done like the renovations to the place I mean, I, literally, people were selling crack cocaine out of uh, like next door to our room, and you know we're just sitting there like, should we go Got an address? see what's going on? Uh, <laughs> but like, you could smoke cigarettes in the room. It was unbelievable. It was like twenty five bucks. I think it was like an hourly motel, basically. Uh, and I think the game was at eleven a.m. Torian Henderson ended up having like a uh, a goal line stand. It was a big controversial ending. We ended up driving back that night. Uh, just to bring closure to the story. Uh, I'm driving my buddy's car, brand new Audi. His dad's the uh, commissioner of Conference USA at the time. His name's Britt Banowski. Uh, we hit a deer driving back from uh, Wichita, going into Wichita Falls on like this two-lane highway. There was three of us. We ended up taking five of us in a three-seat tow truck from Wichita Falls to Dallas. It was it was terrible. That's it. Oh, Stadium Motel. That place it. was that place was awesome. I bet they it's had to be demolished. Oh yeah. my god! Is this current? <laughs> no, it's gone now. It's gone. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, there's like they, they actually have like a really nice area uh, around the stadium now. I think there's like a bar maybe over here. Uh, that, yeah, that looked like it. There may have been like a there like a, may have been a muffler shop as well. <laughs> I I think if however many times you knocked on the front door, depending on how many the. Uh, how many knocks you gave, you could probably get something. Yeah. Like it was, it was that kind of place. Professionally, the worst place I've stayed, uh, 
I ended up calling it the boardroom, the blue collar boardroom. Uh, it was in Omaha last summer and it was the media hotel. It really wasn't like just terrible, but it was just kind of ironic and funny. Uh, and I think the fact that I ended up staying there for, I think 15 or 16 days, uh, was just, it was incredible. It was awesome though. It was, it was a lot of fun covering the, uh, college world series was about as cool as it could possibly be. Uh, I've never been out there, but everybody I know that has just, just raves about it. It's insane. It, it truly is like if you're a baseball guy, uh, being able to wake up and go just literally shoot the shit in the dugout, you know, five minutes before first pitch of a college world series game with, uh, OU's head coach was like a dream. It was, it was really cool. And I think we did a pretty good job covering it out there. So it was fun. Uh, I, I told Gary, if we ever go back, we probably, uh, need to splurge for the, uh, for the regular, for the regular place. But it was a really cool experience. It was a lot of fun. Maybe get a Marriott property. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I kept going over there at night to uh, have beers and stuff with some of the OU people that were in town. And I was just like, okay, well, I'll smoke a couple cigarettes and go back to my, uh, my abode, <laughs> my abode with bugs everywhere. But it was a nice place. It get, it brought a lot of character. I did my radio show from there for, you know, two weeks. So it was, uh, it was kind of a nice little refreshing bit to have during the middle of the summer. Nice. Nice. Well, what are we talking about? What are we talking about from post beer cigarettes? We talking about American spirits. What, what are we doing here? Marble light, marble light. That's the only oh, thing that goes into this body. It's just the, yeah, old just, the, just the old, good old fashioned, uh, cancer stick. Dude, yeah. I gotta say, Real man, back, back in college, back in college, when I used to grab the Lucy's from the bar, mm -hmm. I was I was a Camel Light dude, man. Yeah, also uh, a lot cigarette. on the Lucy's, dude. Also a great cigarette. Did you guys have uh, what's it called? Uh, Parliaments back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, back in a, a classic. Yeah, has yeah. turned has has become like a uh, a sort of a, a hipster cigarette as well. The uh, that the tells me everything I need to know about this country. Now. Tells me everything I need to know. I know. I know a lot about. I know a lot about cigarettes. I don't. I don't <laughs> Bruce, Bruce is a big Pall Mall guy. I am That's not. I'm, I'm a big. I, I smoke spirits and Camel Blues. <laughs> Dude, hey Eddie, man, thanks for coming on. We Absolutely, guys, I enjoyed it. And, uh, can't wait till. Uh, can't wait till Oklahoma comes to Athens because uh, we'll uh, we'll do it up, man. We'll have a good time. That is that is it's up there. It's like a shame Athens. it's not here this year. I know, I, I know, and it, it's. I just hope that it gets rescheduled as quickly as possible because uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I had a couple of buddies from Oklahoma State that went out to Athens. They actually took an RV out uh, from Stillwater when we were back in college when they played out out there, and I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. That was 2007, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had a good time. I think the RV actually like caught fire in the middle of Arkansas in a dry town and they ended up having to like join one of those uh, like bunker clubs so they could drink while it got fixed, and then they they ended up going out. <laughs> I get it's it. Beautiful. I need I need to I need to like hang with you because like it seems like kind of dire but fun stuff happens. I think that I I basically have told you every one of my good stories. It's over. I'm exhausted. Uh, I've exhausted all options. I have a hard time believing that. We can but make dude, some new thanks ones. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you back, guys. Uh, we'll, anytime. Uh, we'll catch up soon, man. All right, Roos. I love you, man. Dude, I love like, so you. Talking fun, to dude, all day. So much fun. And, and what a pro, too. You can tell he's got a radio show now. Like, he's, yeah, you he's, got a, he's got real command of the mic, man. Absolutely. Matthew C., get off me, man. Um, I, uh, 
social I, smoker. Dude, you know? I, I, and, I, I, I still love a cigarette. I'm not going to lie. And it's been a long time. Yeah. Yesterday. Once in a while. Once in a while. Yesterday or the day before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has been a while. I'll pack uh, a lid too once in a minute. Jake on Jake, man. All right. Somebody correctly guessed what this segment was going to be called. Um, <laughs> yeah. this awesome. Do we want to? Do we want to announce that? No, we heck that no, man, no. My grandma <laughs> might watch this. <laughs> oh, you know how these old folks? You know how these old folks just get the thumbing through YouTube these days. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, um, I, you want to take it? You want me to? No, uh, I, I was going to ask you. Um, you know, because of the microwave thing, right? Um, outside of the microwave, most used appliance in your home. Oh. That's really changed over the last year uh, because it is probably uh, the air fryer. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I use the shit out of my air fryer. I love that thing, dude. I, I cook all my protein in that thing. Um, I mean, vegetables. I mean, to me, it's about the ease of it and the ability to like do it so quick, dude. I don't have to wait on the oven to warm up and all that. I don't have to deal with the oven. I don't, I, it and, and the meat stays juicy. I'm with it, man. The air yeah. fryer is huge. I mean, I, I use mine tonight. I wish I hadn't bought the one I, that I did. I got the one with like the two baskets on it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I thought that that was like a good idea at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll cook stuff simultaneously. I should have just bought one with a giant ass basket in it. But um, I, I use my air fryer all the time. I love I saw it. one the other day that had like French doors on it. Like, oh, yes. I love that. Sliding in with the French doors. Mine is, um, I have two air fryer drawers and one warming drawer under my Blackstone. Mm. Um, it kind of came with it. And it's it's okay. Like, it's pretty cool. Except when you run out of propane and you're thinking about cooking something with your Blackstone. I mean, you know, I don't run out of electricity. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, if the power's out, I got that. Um, so now I've got like three propane tanks I keep filled up. I mean, you walk up in here, you think you're damn Hank Hill's house. <laughs> uh, but you're not. There's just, uh, there's propane tanks everywhere. <laughs> propane, uh, propane accessories yeah um no it's uh no it wasn't i didn't get this from costco i got it from i got it from walmart um and uh like i said the thing works incredibly it does everything it's supposed to do but uh i just wish that i had the one big basket i, I cook more i cook one thing in it more often than i cook two things in it so uh, i do love the air fryer though i'm i'm a big convert on that yeah. i didn't i thought about i was like do i need another kitchen gadget um to me it simplified everything there's Great a lot of the new ovens that have an air fryer function that you can basically use in the base can basically convection style deal yeah exactly um, but you circulate but you actually circulate air through there um and and turn that i mean it's, i cook like kind of salmon bowls tonight with it and it was uh it was awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, uh, it's amazing for fish. Honestly, the ability to take something from frozen and throw it in that thing and it cook and stay moist and like do it right, I'm I'm stunned by the technology. <laughs> it, I mean, it didn't seem like that was possible. Like when I was a kid, it was like it was like if you didn't thaw the meat out, it was just everything was lost. What a what a product. <laughs> That's quality. That's quality. <laughs> All right, um, heavy. All right, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you say something nice about me tonight. That's my Ooh. question for you. So if I were going to have uh, you on my team for anything in the world, I think probably what I would choose it for is if I had to eat a bunch of fried seafood. <laughs> that would I would pick Jake Rowe as my partner. No hands down, no question about it. 
So if you got, I don't know. You watched me put you watched me put down about five dozen oysters one night. So I did. I did. I've seen. I don't have to be fried, brother. Seafood in general stands really no chance near you. Um, But my question for you tonight: You got to take Jake Roos as your partner. What's the event that you're hoping that you're at? I mean, is there a competitive bar crawl somewhere? We can create one. I mean, you know, if we could just alternate sites, I'm, I'm going to need a break from the beer drinking. I mean, if 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 there's frothy beverages being consumed and glasses being counted, I need you. <laughs> I need you now. I thought I, I thought you might say that. I thought or you an Obama drinking contest. Obama drinking contest. Oh. I, I honestly, that was on my mind. <laughs> that uh, you might say Obama drinking contest specifically. Dude, let me tell you something. I've got such a sensitivity to Red Bull, like in terms of I don't know what it is about Red Bull. I don't have a sensitivity to caffeine. There's some way that the chemistry of that devil juice just hits me just right. And there was one time that we were over at All Good, and I I probably had like four O-bombs with you that night. And I remember going to the bathroom, and like it was like uh, it was like um, the, the bathroom was vibrating. With me in it, like it was yeah, just like, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yes. I was, I was just, <sighs> um, but yeah, those, uh, that Red Bull dude gets to me. Yeah, no, I get it. I Gives get me it. wings. I, it's and I listen. You, you would probably be shocked at how long it's been since I've had a shot with some Red Bull. It's been <laughs> a long time. Um, now uh, Nick's getting married here in the next couple of weeks, and yeah. so uh, I think. I think that there might there's been talk of some of that showing up there. I would imagine that's fitting for the yeah. occasion. Um, but it's uh, you know, it yeah, I get it. I get it. Back in 2010, I went to the Colorado game um with some friends. I had a buddy, I've got a buddy, Nate Lekahall, uh, who um he lives in uh, San Jose, San Francisco area now, but he uh, he grew up in Aurora, Colorado. And so he brought us all out to stay with his family. And then we went to it's where I stayed at the, one of the worst hotels I've ever stayed with under the roadway in. Um, but uh, we, you know, we got on a pool table that night and uh, uh, we got to drinking and it got to losers by beers and we got on a win streak. And uh, I was drinking Stella that night because they had some kind of special on Stella or whatever. And I kind of got a taste for some good. And then we go to another bar and my buddy's like, Hey man, they got vodka Red Bulls for such and such and such and such. And I'm like, Okay. And I did not ask for one, but he brought one. And that thing was that tall, dude. Oh, boy. I mean, it was like, a, it was like a 24 ouncer. And uh, I remember being like, I was in that state where I was like, okay, I can make good decisions. Um, <laughs> I'm or, or. Um, but I won't be able to make them much longer. I definitely won't after I have this drink. And dude, he started doing something. He, he turned to talk to somebody else that was with us. And I go, whoosh. I just throw it right over my shoulder because I was against a wall. And I was just like, bam, threw it up against the wall. And uh set my set my drink down. He goes like, dude, did you house that already? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh God, Red Bull, dude. It gives me nightmares. Uh no, yeah, I get it. It's listen, I mean, there have been a lot of nights. You've seen how many O-bombs I've, yeah. I've drank. And I there've been a there've been a lot of nights. There, there's been a lot of nights where I'm laid in the bed and uh it's uh just the, the sound of the heartbeat in, in the brain. You're just, you're like, you're like this thing going to keep going or uh, what's happening. Here? And, and, and and for those out there, the funny part about this is, is my man Roos will be like, Hey, Hey, listen, if you find, if you see some orange soda, pick some up for me, but, but, but don't pick up sun kiss. Cause it's got caffeine. 
that is a hundred percent true. That I, I, don't, I don't. I, I don't miss like the only caffeine. caffeine intake in the world, but it was for like it was for like uh, like ten hours at a time over the course of one day, starting at four p.m. Yeah, like it was no the doubt. worst possible scenario to consume. Caffeine. It blows me away to this day. You know, if I really start thinking about it, it blows me away now that that of all of the shots to like get into, you got into that one. Oh man, I know. I don't know what it was. I think it was just because I was cr- I just I was crazy. I mean, like I just had a bad I have I'm snakes in my brain or something. Plausible. Plausible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. Bark after dark. We will be back next Monday with a special guest. Uh Rusty kind of teased that. Uh we don't we do know who that guest is, and it'll be an awesome guest. And yeah. we're really excited about it. But I do want to tell you guys something about the the show and the summer. Uh, we will be taking the month of June off. Uh, I'm on vacation um, during June. During June, Roos is going to be busting it, trying to cover recruiting. Uh, we're just going to kind of take a little bit of a break in June. Uh, July is kind of a dead period for recruiting, and so it'll slow down a little bit. Um, and I've already talked to several guys about coming on. Bill Shanks um, is a guy oh, that boy. we want to talk to uh, and, and bring him on and, and talk a little Braves, talk a little uh, you know Falcons, little dogs, little – um, coming up in small town radio, he's from 30 miles east of where I grew up, and uh, also thinking, also talking uh, in discussions with uh, with the great Chuck Dowdle about coming on as well. Um, who uh, there's not a man I love more in this world than Chuck Dowdle. My vapors, uh, so really excited about him. <laughs> the vapors he, over here. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> you getting to get Chuck Dowdle on here, man? I mean, I fangirled out being on with Chuck. Yeah, I dude. Man, the fan, dude. Yeah, Chuck's Chuck's the man. I love that guy so much. He's the he really is truly the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, but yeah, we're looking at getting some of that going in July and in August. And uh, but the month of June will be clear for Bark After Dark. So we're gonna we're gonna do like some of these great television shows do, and uh, um, you know take a little break, uh, let let everybody get their summer going, and then uh, we'll be back with you in July. But we do we have might, we might we might. I mean, it's possible we might throw in like a pre-record show somewhere. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, we, not, if the right opportunity the presents itself, it's not off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right opportunity comes up, and we got got to make it work in June. We will, um, but otherwise, we're just gonna have to take a little break and uh, get back to it in July. But for this episode, we'll see you. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.